Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light Finger Thief, and here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. Logar. So, it looks like we've been journeying quite a bit on our adventure here. Is this turning into a long campaign, or is this going to be a very short in and out, you think? Joe, I hope it's a long-lasting campaign. We need the experience points, right? We need to level up, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) So, we we just hit like the three-year mark with the Hyperborea campaign, right? Yeah, we have, actually. I think think you're right, because we started right around Thanksgiving. (laughs) pandemic <laughs> yeah so so we've got three years going on the hyperbore we started in person we started actually started two simultaneous campaigns and one of them puttered out when we went online but the hyperborea we've kept going the i so someone had mentioned doing a, an episode about running campaigns and how to run a campaign and whatnot and i had a few thoughts about that yep and i think it came from one of our uh listeners Ben, who actually we game with <laughs> as well, too. Tips and strategies for running a successful campaign. How to be I, a good player, how to be a good DM. I, sometimes it's hard to, to gauge when you're going to be able to create or make that long-term campaign going because there's a few factors that come in. Like, number one, uh, being able to keep that game group together throughout it. Now, we've managed to, you know, sometimes running a campaign, continuing it, you've got to look for other folks. Yeah, so uh, I think yeah, you're right because I think you know both our Rapon the Hook and yeah. Hyperborea campaign we started with a group and then that group changed over time. <laughs> yes, uh, most campaigns that I've played in that have lasted for a long period of time do see some change in the player lineup who's playing regularly. One thing I do when I try to start a game is I over invite people. I'll invite more than I think that I can actually DM. <laughs> well, you're assuming that over time, which is funny because we were just, just talking about running out of time, but over time, people, you know, things come up, work schedules changes, people have kids, you know, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. got to make adjustments for sure. So I think some of the elements of running a campaign or doing a, from my experience, have just been the practical elements of getting the groups together and having the people playing. Over-inviting usually is pretty decent. I've found we usually start off big and a few people will kind of dwindle down over the time because of work-life commitments and stuff like that. Or maybe it's just not the campaign or the game for someone. So there are those elements. When you're planning a long campaign, I know that people often can, like, I've definitely been involved with campaigns where someone has this great idea of this overarching epic campaign to run, uh, but maybe the players aren't totally down for all of that. No, you're totally right, Logo. I think understanding your party, the players, and what they're into and what they want to do mm-hmm. is going to be important because, you know, some players might like hex crawling. Some players might like dungeon crawling. Some players might like mission-based campaigns or adventures like you said so understanding what your players want i think would be important yeah there is and and uh like i would say one of the things about doing a longer campaign is the i've found more success in being very loose with where i plan on going with it and seeing where the players take it because the players get more invested you can build more off of it and i feel that i've had more success doing that than trying oh Here's my campaign trajectory. Like if you read a, a Pathfinder adventure path where it's like there's a very, like they say, railroad, a very specific trajectory you have to follow for all this. 
I've not had as successful of a time running a campaign like that as I have one where players can impact the world around it. That may be just me. <laughs> yeah. So as you said, I think there's different styles of, you know, gaming and campaigns. Some of them may have a very hard fixed objective. Others, you might be more organic. Like you said, you co-create with your players as you journey. Or some of them might be like, you know, TV series, right? You have one long season and then you have episodes or adventures that may cross-link and build up to a greater goal for the end of the season. So you can run it different ways. I mean, personally, I like, like you said, run it a little bit loose and open, but I also like having a general objective for the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I when I used to run a lot of Heroes Unlimited, we ran that for a long time. It's one of the longest campaigns I've ever been a part of. We had multiple people who DM'd. I think episodically doing like shorter stories, story like arcs, comic, yeah, like comic book. Like sometimes it would be just that night, like that night you're fighting this bad guy. This is the episode for the week. Sometimes right. it would be a two or three parter, and there'd be more to discover and learn, but. Doing with superheroes, I found specifically that there are those little story arcs you follow. It's a bit different type of a game than like an open world exploration dungeon type of game. And I found that that way of running adventures, changing it up every now and then per issue or episode in that manner is kind of works well for a hero campaign. I could probably translate to a fantasy campaign. I know we've tried to run those like that before, but I've... I have found open world exploration, more of a sandbox style thing, tends to work better for a fantasy game a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, we've also talked about doing a uh, West Marches style mm-hmm. for certain I've campaigns. Never done that. Have yeah, we, so have, we've never done. It's so when you explain one hundred percent what a West Marches style is, because I think I know what it is, but I'm not one hundred percent certain. Yeah, so for West Marches, so not not something that we invented. People can, can can Google it. But anyways, you start with a home base, and then uh, we understand that with players, certain players can you know come and go during the game itself. So you typically have a home base, and then you have a one adventure, depending on who shows up that game night, essentially. So that way you don't have to have the same series of players show up for, let's say, as you mentioned, like three three sessions to be able to finish an adventure. And that seems a lot like how we used to run our Heroes Unlimited campaign. And that is, an, for to me, I mean, I'm saying episodic is, is a West Marches style campaign, that episodic ty- type of campaign. Yeah, yeah. But for that, for the West Marches, usually you finish that adventure in, in one night. Mm. You, you don't have bleed over to like a two sessions or three sessions. Yeah. Well, So la- last night we played Castles and Crusades, and we didn't have a lot of the group showed up for one reason or another. We were kind of low, so I said, oh, what am I going to do here? And we're going to keep the campaign going. But w- you and I, we recently looked at the folklore bestiary from the Merry Mushman. Right, and there were plenty of adventure hooks for that one. <laughs> yeah, so those little Smurf fellers that we looked at, the Kaboter, how was that right. pronounced? I forget now. <laughs> and I, so I, I figured since they were at this little uh, house, uh, they were staying at a place. Actually, we got it from one of Phillips Reed uh, City Sites uh, books. Yep. They were staying at an, uh, it was a retired adventure. I think I believe his name was Timothy Dixon in that book. And he has his house kind of open. If you're an adventurer, you can come work for food and board and whatnot, room and board, and uh, come do work in exchange for that type of thing. And it's kind of a wayward place for folks on the move. 
And so they they were there when something occurred. There's a big stink last time. One of the players put on a magic ring and vanished in the middle of the living room of this place. And a lot of those players were the player who vanished. A few of the other players who were involved with what was going on weren't here. So it's like, oh, you know what? Since we're working, we're working. And we went out and worked on the farm a bit. And I didn't have a whole lot prepped, but being able to put out the little creatures and knowing about them and whatnot, I kind of let the players take control and do the interaction and, and propel it forward. And it worked out real fine. It was a fun night of game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes it work. Cause like you said, sometimes you have uh, adventure prep, but then only like two or three people show up and those two or three people for that adventure, they probably died because you know, it was made for a, a party of six. Yeah. You're and not going to survive that. <laughs> having being able to like do an interlude like that sometimes is helpful in keeping your game going and not being like, oh, I depend on every player to show up and run the game is a situation you don't want to get yourself in as a dungeon master. I don't feel if you're like, oh, we can't play because we don't have so and so, so and so, and so and so here, and the entire game revolves around them. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think I think having you know, um, what do you want to call them, side quest prep, mm-hmm. you know, short adventure mod- modules. So you know, that happened in our Hyperbury campaign. You know, we only had like two or three people show up, so we do some side adventures. You know, you're you know, you're like you said, interlude in a journey in, at a tavern type of thing. There's there's a zine for someone to put out quick side quests for when folks don't show up for a game. <laughs> Maybe maybe we should write one later on. <laughs> but, you know, another aspect of successful campaigns that I've found is, you know, having reoccurring themes mm-hmm. to sort of link together. Like you said, you don't have to have hard objectives, but if you have some reoccurring themes that can help link the adventure together. So, like, reoccurring NPCs. So, I remember, uh, was it Johnson mm-hmm. from the yes. Rapunzel Hook? You know, Johnson was a little bit of a a foil for our players, I guess. <laughs> he, he, here's the thing, too. He was never intended to be anything. It was a random role at Encounter that just grew and grew. <laughs> well, he grew and grew. So, you know, bumping into Johnson, like, every couple of adventures while you're traveling made the game really funny, humorous, and interesting because it was a reoccurring theme. In that case, the NPC was a reoccurring theme. And I know that that uh, at some point, so that, that what happened was the party got involved at some point in time with a group of brigands ran by Johnson. And <laughs> yeah, but th- th- didn't we run into like brother of Johnson who, who happened to be like a cop or something like that? I think so. I think we did something weird like that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and there was some antagonistic back and forth between this group of brigands that continued. And I remember that as you all emerged from Rapanathook, and we're, we're beat down and, and low on hit points and trying yeah. to get back to recover. There was Johnson and his brigands ready to take the treasure. <laughs> well, yeah, Johnson was there to rob us. But so, you know, something like that, I think, makes the campaign very enjoyable when you have reoccurring themes. Like I said, recurring NPCs, reoccurring baddies. I know, for example, in Hyperborea, right now, the reoccurring baddies, the Witch Queen, that, you know, pops up every now and then and causes the party headaches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how do I I think that one thing is in going to a campaign, I I would say that you everybody kind of like has that one long epic campaign they want to run for the rest of their life or whatnot, I'd bet. Uh, maybe not, but a lot of us will, and a lot of y'all do. It's like, oh, I want to run this this campaign for a long time. I want to get I get all these ideas and whatnot. Sometimes just being approaching and saying, okay, 
who's showing up, how are we doing this, and seeing what can be done as you continue on. It, it, I think that planning for, if you plan ahead for this massive long end goal campaign, you might disappoint yourself sometimes more often than not, but maybe approaching it with, okay, chunk at a time, building on it, taking your notes, and over time, building on it and building on it and seeing what is possible for a long-term campaign. Right. It can be very organic and it can turn into something, um, as you mentioned, with what your players' decisions your players make. And then uh, taking notes, as you mentioned, so that things can pop back up and then you make your own, your own. Yeah. And like the current campaign I've been running, my Castles and Crusades campaign, I have a lot of lofty goals for when I went into it. I said, oh, I can do this. I can do that. But I have to... I can't just start shoving them in there. I got to see where things go. And the players are going interesting ways. Now, I did kind of hook line, hook and line them to move things forward a couple of weeks ago. And we'll see how that goes. I, I want to try to keep it as autonomous as possible with them as much say. But I did kind of throw a wealthy patron in there to move things forward and to get them places that I think that would be more interesting to go to. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, with campaigns, as you mentioned, you know, you got to have different variety, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have a mix of different, it could be a mix of different environments, city to dungeon, to wilderness, to Arctic, to jungle, to whatever it may be. So mixing it up that way, it's just not all one, uh, one scene, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that, I mean, I can see like a just a straight dungeon delve like style campaign where you're going back and forth from the town to the dungeon could be a lot of fun. I don't have a problem with running that type of campaign. I think it's more of a question of what do your players what want? What do your players enjoy? Into, yeah. You know, like at a point going back and forth, trying to stock up, getting into mischief in the town, then going back to the dungeon back and forth could be a great long time campaign. There's a lot of gaming potential there. Yeah, I think we talked about doing that with uh, Halls of Ardenvall. Oh, yeah, that would be really nice. I would love to get run Halls of Ardenvall just with Osric, regular first edition D&D, or even maybe even with Hyperborea might be an interesting approach to it. Yeah, it might be. And we also talked about doing one for like Mothership as well, too, where you're on a space station <laughs> and then your space station is your home base and then you got to go out and do stuff. <laughs> I tell you what campaign I've wanted to run for 20 years now that I've never gotten a chance to run is uh, the lighthouse, the star drive from alternity had, if you don't, from, if you're not familiar with alternity, it was TSR before they became not TSR anymore, put out a sort of a, a, setting neutral sci-fi game similar to how D&D is and then they added settings and whatnot to it and uh star drive was an interesting one i have a bunch of modules for it i would love to run a star drive campaign i think in general i'm just itching to run science fiction games here lately well <laughs> yeah we've been fantasy. we've been talking about you know perhaps doing coriolis sometime in the future as well too i think you'd said yes uh, the sci- list of sci-fi games I, I need to run a hobo's guide longer thing we've done some tests but we need to do like a longer campaign and see how i can work the kinks out there but uh on top of that like traveler cepheus deluxe uh coriolis gurps and uh alternity are all ones that have been very enticing to me wanting to play those games like i need some science fiction in my life oh and not to forget mothership i guess <laughs> well hopefully the mothership box set will be coming out and then we'll be uh playing a bit more of mothership or screams among the stars oh yeah oh yeah 
So I guess that's that's about all we have for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok now at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We could really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Hopefully you can roll them for a long time in your campaigns.